Welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms ditch perfection at mealtime and trade that in for fun family meals through prep and planning. We'll focus on the four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode 61, six things to minimize in your kitchen this new year. This week on the podcast, we are talking about all of the things you can minimize in your kitchen to have more peaceful meals this year. So I know you're all thinking about New Year's goals and maybe even feeling a little bit overwhelmed by all of the stuff you accumulated over Christmas. And we wanna solve that problem by talking about what to minimize and why minimizing in your kitchen can help you feel so much more peace. So let's just start out, everyone. Happy New Year. I hope you all had a great holiday. I know we had a great break around here. We're feeling rested and rejuvenated and ready to take on 2021. I don't think any of us are sad to say goodbye to 2020. I hope we can all be mindful of those things that we have learned, but also joyful about leaving some of those things in the past, right? So Anyway, brought this up a little bit in the intro, but if you guys are anything like me, you're probably feeling just a tad overwhelmed after all of the holiday fun, but you know, also crazy. And in our house, despite trying to be pretty minimal with toys and belongings uh, between gifts from aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, and my son's birthday also happens to be sandwiched in between Christmas and New Year's, um, this New Year has, in fact, New Year's in general, always seems just like a sort of explosion of stuff, right? Um, And minimalism is obviously just kind of a hot topic in general right now, um, and for good reason. So our stuff carries a lot of emotions, as does getting rid of it. It's a huge challenge. Uh, We might not even really recognize that when we're taking care of things so much, that that's taking... Um, so much time away from us that we we really don't have the time or energy to take care of people or the things that we really do care about. And even if we do recognize kind of that disconnect, it can still be really challenging to start to get rid of things that, you know, maybe we paid for or maybe someone we really cared about, thought about us, and they gifted this thing to us. Um, and beyond material things, there's also a lot of mental baggage that we carry around with us all the time that we might not want to get rid of either for whatever reason. For example, in the past year, I've spent a lot of time um, considering our holiday traditions and giving some of those up. Um, specifically the ones that were bringing me more stress than joy. And the results of that have been amazing, but sometimes I definitely still feel a little bit of that tug or a little bit sad to not do those things the same way that I've always done them. Anyway, because of all of this, I thought that this new year would be the perfect time to put together an episode on minimalism as it applies to the kitchen. So In this episode, we'll talk about the obvious minimizing of unneeded stuff, but we'll also talk about some of that mental minimalism that needs to happen as well so that you can have more peace in your kitchen and be able to put together simplified and intentional family dinners. Sound like a plan? Awesome. So let's get to it. 
Inside this episode of the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast, we are going to cover the six things to minimize in your kitchen to streamline mealtime and maybe make mealtime a little bit fun. Yeah, you can do it. By the end of this episode, you will have a game plan chock full of practical solutions as well as some things to think about to be on your way to the cleanest and simplest kitchen on the block, which will in turn make you the most efficient, stress-free cook around. All right, so let's get into these six things to minimize in your kitchen this new year. Let's start out with the obvious one, which is kitchen tools. I honestly believe that missing socks come back in the form of kitchen spatulas. Unless, of course, you need a spatula, then it's something else clogging up your kitchen drawer. You get the idea though, right? Most of us have way more kitchen tools than we would ever need. In fact, I had to laugh this last week when my brother-in-law, they came to visit for a day and he was looking for a knife at my house and he asked me, where's your knife set? I laughed and I told him I didn't have a knife set. Um, Just one chef's knife that I use on 99% of my chopping. I do also have a paring knife, bread knife, and a set of steak knives. You can actually listen to my episode. I'll drop in the show notes on what knives I choose and why. Anyway, this experience was just kind of funny. He responded that he was sure I'd have a top-of-the-line knife set since I enjoy cooking so much. Nope, but I do have a one top-of-the-line knife that I just wash every time I need it. With that... There are plenty of things that I do have multiples of and I should look at minimizing. So what kinds of things should you look at getting rid of in your kitchen specifically? And of course, as always, you are in charge of you and I would never try to um, get you to do anything specific, but perhaps give you just a few ideas of things to think about or consider. So obviously only you can make the decision of what you need in your kitchen and what you don't, but here's a few ideas of things that you might want to consider de-junking. So I always try to get rid of anything that I have duplicates of. Um, And if this causes you a lot of stress, you could even consider just putting these things into a box and getting them out of your kitchen or, you know, tucked away in the pantry in a place where it's not cluttering your life all of the time. This way, you know, you know, like I have extra spatulas, I have extra wooden spoons. So if you do ever need them, or if one breaks, you're not being wasteful and buying new things, but it's also out of your way, right? Another thing you could consider getting rid of are those single use items that you rarely or never use. And this is one I'm, I'm, already thinking over in my head and considering talking to my husband about because we have, you know, the ice cream maker and the pasta roller and all of these things are really fun when we do finally bust them out. But where it only happens every so often, they definitely don't necessarily deserve a spot in our kitchen. So I haven't decided yet if these are things that I will let move on to a new home um, or if I will just store them in the garage or somewhere where it's not taking up so much mental space, but I do think we need to find a new solution for some of those things. Um, Another thing to consider if you are like me and you don't like wasting things or you don't like getting rid of something that's perfectly good um, is to try using Facebook Marketplace or any other online classified site. And you don't necessarily have to sell these things um, unless you are looking to make a little extra money. You absolutely can. But even just posting them for free that way, you kind of have the peace of knowing that whoever gets it actually wants the item. You're not just sending it 
to the unknown abyss of the thrift store where you don't know what's going to happen to it. Um, that makes me feel a little bit more peace when I'm getting rid of something um, and makes me more likely to be able to, you know, actually let go of it. Also, remember that you can't do anything about your poor buying choices that you made in the past. Also, some of your materialism in your house might not be caused by you, but by well-meaning friends and family um, that have given you things. So just remember that holding on to these items and never using them doesn't make, you know, the guilt over those poor choices or any better. You're not making up for that, right? So instead, choose to let go. But if you are someone that struggles with shopping, learn from that experience so that maybe you do make better choices in the future. But again, don't try and don't get lost in the past. Don't try and change that. Okay, so now we've minimized our belongings in the kitchen. What's next? Let's talk about ingredients. So this one is huge for me. I'm raising my hand here as I talk to you because I definitely need to go through my ingredients. So that half empty jar of olives from that one time you decided that, you know, a Mediterranean diet was the only way um, and those are still hanging out in your fridge a year later. It's definitely time to let those go. All joking aside, many of us have all sorts of rarely used items clogging up our kitchen. When you start decluttering your ingredients, the easiest place to start, of course, is with anything expired or no longer good. But after that, what do you do? You know, you have all of this stuff that's perfectly good. So to start decluttering your ingredients, I encourage you to first take a complete inventory. If there's something you didn't particularly like or you can't figure out how to use it, just get rid of it. Again, going back to what we talked about before, you really can't make up for the you really can't make up for the decision to purchase this item in the past. Hanging on to it until it goes bad is not doing anyone any good, so just get rid of it. Um, but there's probably a lot of items that you actually do like that you forgot about or, you know, for whatever reason, they just haven't gotten used. Um, and that's why I suggest taking a complete inventory. So toss the things that you know you aren't going to use and the things that you are going to use or could use, write them down on an inventory and go ahead and put that inventory up where you can see it and make an intentional effort in your meal plan to use those items up. And as you're shopping in the future, make sure that, I mean, you can continue to buy staples and stock up as you need to, but make sure you're kind of buying things more as you need them so that you don't get into this place where your kitchen is incredibly overwhelming because you have so much stuff, right? Okay. So those are my tips when it comes to ingredients. Let's hop into your meal plan. So the easiest way to stop yourself from buying those little used ingredients again, and even extra appliances in your kitchen is to minimize your meal plan. So many of us are constantly trying new recipes and new things when the recipes that we already have are just fine. I promise your family isn't going to revolt if you stick to the same 15 to 20 recipes most of the time. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, even if you only have 20 recipes in your repertoire, you can eat five meals a week for an entire month without repeating a meal. And, you know, for this mom, that sounds pretty darn good. So minimizing your meal plan does much more than just minimizing the ingredients that you need to buy. It also makes meal planning so much simpler. So instead of choosing from a cornucopia of ideas on Pinterest, you're only choosing from your tried and true recipes. 
Um, this should also minimize the amount of time you spend cooking because instead of constantly trying new things and, you know, having to have your eyes glued to a recipe because you've never made it before, you'll really get to know your recipes and eventually you'll probably even have them memorized. If the idea of simplifying your meal plan feels a little bit suffocating to your creativity, um, that's me. (laughs) Consider adding a new meal day to your meal plan where once a week you get to try something new and exciting. Try and choose a day when maybe your husband is home or if you have someone else to help you out or even just a day that you happen to have a little bit more time so that you can really enjoy this experience of trying something new. You can also consider creating seasonal meal banks, if you will. So maybe you have 15 to 20 recipes that you enjoy in the winter, but as springtime hits, you kind of pack those away and you introduce a new 15 to 20 recipes for that quarter. So you don't necessarily have to, you know, commit to only eating the same few recipes for the rest of your life, but simplifying for a time or at least minimizing how often you're repeating for a given amount of time can really help you just feel a little bit less stress in your kitchen for that given time. All right. The next thing to minimize in your kitchen is screen time. Guys, try not to be too opinionated on here, but phones in the kitchen really have to go. So I want you to try an experiment. If you're not with me on this, try making the exact same meal using a recipe on your phone one night and then using a printed paper recipe another night. I guarantee you'll be faster getting that meal on the table on the night you use a paper recipe. And again, if you're only cooking for 20 or so recipe a month, it's completely doable to keep that many recipes printed out and stored in a recipe box or a recipe binder. Your cell phone is a huge time suck. And it's also, especially if you're spending time on social media or, you know, working on your grocery list, all of that multitasking is causing you to feel really overwhelmed all at the time that you're making dinner, which suddenly you're kind of projecting all of those feelings that you have, right, toward mealtime. So you're feeling more stressed about mealtime, maybe because of all of the other life stresses that you're letting in by allowing your phone in the kitchen. Okay. So when you're cooking, turn on some good music, put the phone away and print out your recipes the old fashioned way. I promise you will feel so much more peace. All right. We are also going to minimize, this is number five, our time spent doing the same repetitive tasks. So the biggest way to minimize the amount of overall time you spend in the kitchen is to consolidate your tasks as much as possible. We've talked about this time and time again, but if you use cooked chicken three nights a week, and if you cook only enough chicken for one night, each of those three nights, you're going to be wasting a lot of time. Instead, cook enough chicken on night one for all three nights. If four of your meals call for onions, chop four onions at the beginning of the week and use them throughout the week as you need them. Again, like I said, this has been talked about over and over again here on the podcast, but of course I thought it was important enough to give another mention in this episode. Um, You could even consider writing down the tasks that you find yourself doing over and over again in the kitchen and see if you can think of any way that you can consolidate those tasks. You might have to do some research to see what can be done ahead, but with a little creativity, there's no reason to be doing the same monotonous thing over and over and over again each day. Maybe each week, sure, because food obviously doesn't last forever, but not each day. 
All right, my friends, the last thing I want to talk about today that we really need to minimize in the kitchen is mom guilt also known as shame. So I absolutely love Brene Brown's work on guilt and shame. And I want to share this quote from her blog about it. So she says, based on my research and the research of other shame researchers, I believe that there is a profound difference between shame and guilt. I believe that guilt is adaptive and helpful. It's holding something we've done or failed to do up against our values and feeling psychological discomfort. I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. I don't believe shame is helpful or productive. In fact, I think shame is much more likely to be the source of destructive, hurtful behavior than the solution or cure. I think the fear of disconnection can make us dangerous. Okay, so even though... Society at large typically calls this feeling we all feel as mother's mom guilt. Mom shame is a far more accurate description of what most of us are doing to ourselves on a daily basis. If we don't make homemade meals, we feel like we aren't properly doing our jobs as women. If our kids don't eat well, it's somehow our fault. If we can't get our kids to stop standing on the table, it's because there's something inherently wrong with us as mothers. It needs to stop. I honestly believe that mom guilt is keeping so many moms stuck dead in their tracks because of fear of not measuring up, which you won't ever measure up to those unrealistic expectations that you've set for yourself, right? So let's all resolve this year to do our best to let go of the shame and to use guilt only as feedback to help us learn and be better as we move forward. All right, my friends, that is it. Let's recap the six things to minimize in the kitchen this new year so you can go from feeling frazzled to fine in the kitchen and beyond. So those six things to minimize are your kitchen tools, your ingredients, your meal plan, screen time, time doing the same task over and over, and finally, mom guilt. I hope you feel inspired to do a little de-junking in your kitchen and your mind and that your mealtimes come back stronger than ever because of it. Next week, I'm welcoming another guest to the podcast who who will be talking with us all about how to meal prep for a road trip. COVID vaccines are coming, and I think we are all hoping for some level of normalcy sometime in 2021. My friend's tips are stellar and will totally have you jazzed for and planning your next road trip, like right now. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked the podcast, please share it with your friends. Send me a DM. Let me know that you liked it. I'm at Call Me Betty Blog. I am so grateful that you listen and love putting out content for you guys. Thanks so much for your support and for constantly showing up for me, my friends. Until next week, happy planning.